Holiness is not rules and regulations. It is sustained attention to the heart. You see, instead of control of outward things, it's working on the heart. Oh, to be creatures that truly function well. To be able to use power rightly, you know, for the good of others. Learning to become comfortable in good rather than comfortable in dysfunction. To be the type of people who are truly able to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. These are all ideas and pictures my guest today uses to describe holiness. Holiness, it's one of many words in Western Christianity that's good to occasionally return to and clarify. You know, shake off some of the distortions or abuses our society so often associates it with. You'll notice this month at Renovare, our podcast and web content will focus around the Christian tradition of holiness. And in order to help kick things off, I'm glad to offer this conversation with Richard Foster, my father and author of the book that help gives language and depth to understanding the six great historical Christian traditions, streams of living water. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Podcast. Hey. Hey, good to be here. Yes, yes. And we get to talk about holiness. The holiness stream, the virtuous life. A word that half the people (laughs) cringe when they hear. (laughs) That's why we need to know right at the outset that holiness, that tradition, simply means to function well. To be able to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. That's the holiness tradition. There's a word, erite, that enters our New Testaments from a long history in Greek thought and culture. It, we translate it as virtue. And, and virtue just means to function well. That's what it means. That's what erite is. It's, it's well-functioning. There's, you know... A lot more to it, but that's the basic idea. Functioning as humans were intended to function? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And see, it's so important to see it because uh, we're so accustomed in our day to dysfunction. It's the normality of dysfunction. So the idea of a human being actually functioning well uh, now, that deals with habits, all kinds of things. Virtue, really, is good habits that we can rely upon to make our lives work, to function. And vice, of course, are bad habits we can rely upon to make <laughs> our lives not work or be dysfunctional. So, functioning well, it's, it, it, the holiness tradition gives us the power to be the kinds of persons God wants us to be and 
in our best moments, we want to be. Mm. Give me an example of how virtue helps a person function well. Well, they're able, they, they are response-able, okay? They're able to respond to a situation appropriately. Come up into a situation where maybe the dysfunctional, or as we might say, normal response, would be angerness. Think of road rage. Mm-hmm. That's dysfunction. And uh, holiness tradition allows us to function in a different way, in a peace-filled way, in a, a loving way. A productive way that a doesn't have way consequences that, we don't want to... That doesn't destroy us. That's the idea of functioning well. Or in our home, we learn habits that are healthy and good and relating to our different members in a family. I mean, think of so many, oh gosh, even, uh, you know, so many, so many murders and stuff happen right there in the family because they can't function well with each other. You mentioned power. Mm -hmm. How does power fit into holiness? It is right use of power for the good of human beings and not to manipulate not to manipulate or control or manage anything well wait a minute Just let me back up a minute we got to we got to know what holiness is not as well as what it is okay it is it is not legalism it is not rules and regulations it is it is sustained attention to the heart, the source of the action. You see, instead of outward control of outward things, it's working on the heart. Holiness is not otherworldliness. Holiness is world-affirming, everyday life. Uh, World-affirming? We affirm the world as a good thing. What about in its sickness? Well, indeed, there's all that dysfunction and sickness, but we point the world, we point ourselves, we point our neighbors to a different way, a life-affirming way, always life-affirming, not death-affirming. Oh, there's a helpful piece is to look at actions and do they end in life or do they end in exactly gossip for example tears people down ends in death ends in destruction um legalisms end in destroying people Mm -hmm. think of think of how religion when it goes bad it's about as bad as you can get um Holiness is not a consuming asceticism. You know, so these all these practices that uh, just uh, uh, punish the body or whatever. Standing on a pole, 
Yeah, living on a pole for yeah. 20 years. Is Simon not Stylitis. It's, uh, holiness is bodily spirituality. It affirms the goodness of the human body and seeks to bring it into a working, harmonious relationship with the spirit. So then, in the holiness tradition, it utilizes appropriate spiritual disciplines for training, training the body, the mind, the spirit. Holiness is not works righteousness. Unpack that one. Oh, see, if you have this idea that I'm earning my way toward God, you're just going to destroy everything. Grace is opposed to works, but it's not opposed to effort. So holiness is, involves effort, striving to enter in at the narrow gate, if you will, as Jesus put it. Holiness is not perfectionism, but holiness is progress. You see that? We replace the notion of perfectionism with progress, that we can move forward. Does it make sense? It does. So, the best way to become holy then is to grit our teeth and make sure we're (laughs) doing all the behaviors that work. (laughs) We do train, but the training is for the heart. It's not to control outward things. It's to bring into the deep recesses of the heart a responsiveness toward God and toward the good. Toward the good, always that. And we learn to become comfortable in the good. Exactly. Because, like I said, we're so accustomed to dysfunction that when we see function, it scares us. I mean, it's just... (laughs) You know, uh, and and people get really comfortable in their dysfunction. But we need to help people see how how good rightness is. Yeah. To do the right thing is actually good. It's alluring. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about the practice of lying (laughs) and how lies... They're they never up, helpful. <laughs> they set up traps, don't they? I mean, you lie upon lie because you're protect, you're covering up other lies, mm-hmm. and it's a, just a trap. And no. people do because it works, right? Well, people end up believing, <laughs> believing you. Yeah, it works for a time. But telling the truth, letting your yes be yes, your no be no, mm-hmm. plain speech, mm-hmm. that works well. Mm-hmm. That functions well. And it will work in the long time well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a perpetual liar, think of how people look at that. They'll never trust right. what, what the person says, even if they're saying a right thing or a good thing. They've given up their power. That's right. Exactly. Or authority. So, so truth-telling is appropriate power. Mm-hmm. And it builds character in us because it builds a consistency with reality. We don't embellish, we don't overstate, 
We just say what is. About ourselves, for example. About others, about situations. We don't have to... We don't, if we just speak the truth lovingly, kindly, it will have a good effect. Freedom. Holiness is freedom? Right. Freedom. There you go. And it produces in us an inward character that can do the right thing on the spur of the moment. You don't have to think about it particularly because you have built deeply ingrained habits. The old term was theologia habitus, the theology which produces habits, right habits, good habits, that will become deeply ingrained into the mind, into the heart, into the spirit, so that when we're on the spot, we can respond appropriately. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, it's pretty simple, really. And people get all these, get all worked up about it, but that's the holiness tradition. Give us some history of holiness movement and maybe could you speak a little to why this word comes with so much baggage <laughs> well the history is that i'll tend to use the term purifying movements uh, holiness movements or purifying movements arise because of corruption and and dysfunction and so forth so a person sees that, and, I mean, the early Franciscans, they were a holiness movement. Early Quakers, they were a holiness movement. Uh, gosh, so many, you know. And when you see that, and they shine like great lights, uh, the the uh, Brethren of the Common Life, they, there was a holiness movement. Methodism, in its early days, was a holiness movement. Now it's lost some of that, but but that's what it was, and it was seeking to purify or to bring order to corruption or distortion. The reason it carries baggage or bad names is how how quickly it can be abused and misused and turned into the most god awful legalisms. And they, they think of that as a holiness. It's not holiness. It's the distortion of right, right holiness. So, you know, and it's true with all of these traditions. There are baggages because of a misuse and abuse of the tradition. And the, the big piece is when we're no longer dealing with issues of the heart, but issues of the right. external. Right. Control over externals, often involving manipulative control of other people. When you see that, you know that that is a gross distortion of the holiness tradition. And my counsel to people is when they see that kind of legalism, run like crazy. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be a part of it. You just. Toxic. It is. That's. 
the right word, it's toxic. The holiness tradition is holding before us the ultimate goal of the Christian life. It's this ever-conformity to the ways of God, don't you think? Mm-hmm. And then that's part of our formation to where then these become natural things. They, yeah, they become automatic responses. That is deeply what they used to call holy habits. Mm-hmm. The deeply ingrained habit structures that will respond appropriately when you're faced with a situation. So how do we grow in our holiness then? Well, first we start by training. I mean, pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do this with children all the time. We help them to train in certain things. Mm -hmm. To develop, um, I'm just taking something, habits of cleanliness. Wash your hands. Okay. Okay. You learn, until that becomes a deeply ingrained habit, you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. You just do it. Well, it's the same thing in the spiritual life, in the development of holy habit. You simply begin by training, and the classical disciplines of the spiritual life, I wrote a book about that, Mm, in celebration of discipline. (laughs) Yeah, right, did you? (laughs) And uh, uh, those are... Those are just good training tools. So just disciplines in and of themselves help us grow in holiness? Are there specific? I mean, do you ever, like if I'm, I want to work on anger, are there exactly. humility? Are there practices? That- yes, of course there are. Uh, if you want to deal with pride, take up the discipline of service. Uh, if you want to deal with anger, uh, take up disciplines of fasting because that learns teaches the body teaches the mind that we don't have to get our own way about everything mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so simple how about worry i would take up celebration as a discipline mm. to help with worry learn to laugh learn learn to uh Go walking and leaping and praising God. Play, exactly. Play as a... But play as play. Don't try to make it something special. Just that will help (laughs) worry. (laughs) What about hurry? There's where we have dysfunction in our societies. For sure. That's why solitude is one of the deepest disciplines of the Spirit. Because it, first of all, teaches us that we're not in charge of the universe. And uh, we learn to, to let go. The world gets on fine without my rushing around, huh? Exactly. And see, these, these are not hard to think about. All you have to do is just think about what a spiritual discipline does and... Uh, how we can be set free. Mm-hmm. Evagrius of Ponticus, some call him Evagrius, use that pronunciation, but he did the uh, seven or eight, sorry, eight deadly thoughts, but he also paralleled that with eight godly virtues. Mm-hmm. And now, soon you're talking about the virtues, 
you're talking about contrasting. And the eight deadly thoughts of Evagrius has kind of come down to us today as the seven deadly sins. Um, and uh, then, but, but the interesting thing and the thing it's important to work on is the godly virtues that help us. See, the, the um, people love to write about the seven deadly sins. It's kind of fun to write about sin. It's, <laughs> I mean, you, but here the key is making virtue appealing. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that was so wonderful uh, about C.S. Lewis in his Narnia stories was to personify ultimate goodness in Aslan the Lion. Uh, it just astonishes us because it's so hard for us, it seems, to make virtue appealing. It's boring, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's what they tend to think. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but when you find a really good person, a really holy person, oh, man, this is this is a person you hang around with, yeah, because they're robust. They'll often laugh a lot, or you know, have a lot of mm-hmm. humor in them, and uh, and they're they're constantly, you know, not taking themselves so seriously. That's great, but it is hard to make it appealing in our culture. Mm-hmm. I found it helpful when we had. Rebecca DeYoung, mm-hmm. about the seven deadly sins and thinking of them as distortions of love, mm-hmm. distortions of desire, that right. good desires that have been turned. Turned, warped, and mm-hmm. twisted. Yeah. Exactly. Desire itself is not a bad thing. It's that it's been twisted. But we want to learn to desire the good. That's why in that little Shaker song about simplicity, that we are to turn, turn, till we turn round right, goes the song. That is, that our desires have been twisted, mm-hmm. and we need to untwist. They curved they, inward. Right, in on, on ourselves. Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. Tis a gift to come down. They actually sang it. Tis the gift. To be simple, tis the gift to be free. Now, most people today say a, tis a, a gift. Did they mean it like this is the this, gift? They did, in fact. The top. That Right, the top. Oh. Now, I'm, I'm not all that convinced of that, <laughs> but that's the way they, tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free, tis a gift to come down, come down where we ought to be, and when we find ourselves in a place that is right, we will be in a valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we shan't be ashamed, to turn, turn. See, that's untwisting. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right <laughs> and they they would dance to that well i've i've seen you dance yeah i've seen yeah i've done it yeah it's pretty uh it's actually kind of fun it's kind of a fun dance and if you're like me and pretty awkward 
that makes it all the more fun. <laughs> because with that dance, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be a great dancer. You just yeah, boy. Just in terms of songs, the depth in that song. Oh, it's a something? teaching. It is a whole teaching. Are there some examples of Hmm. holiness in people? Sure. I mean, Bonhoeffer was a a great example of holiness. Um, And and he worked at at purifying the German church, you see. These holiness movements are purifying movements. Uh, Teresa uh, of Avila... That was a purifying movement, and uh, and she was a delight. When you read about it, at least these shine, these people shine. Goodness, so many that you know that we lift up are examples of holiness. Now they're examples of they really kind of bring all the traditions together. Most of them, right? Yeah. Well, that's where the streams work in a way, right? They're exactly, leading into each other. Uh-huh. Modern examples, the mm. people that you. Go, mm. ah. Yeah. Desmond Tutu. Uh, but you see, I'm searching a little bit. He he functioned well. You in, bet he in, did. In prison and uh, Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela, especially later in his life. Let's think of somebody on the contemporary scene. <laughs> I yeah we have to work at it in our day because partly because holiness is not held as a value mm-hmm. today well we use the word as a put down oh yeah holier, holier than, than thou or, yeah. we're going to be all holy on it <laughs> <laughs> I think we've, we've got enough time if, if there's more you want to say we can but oh, if know. we stopped here we'd, we've done enough I think I think I want to say some of the good things about holiness. It does hold up that ultimate goal of transformation into the likeness of Christ. And a second is that it really does focus intentionally on the heart, the center of action. And then I do want to say because this is important today, the holiness tradition holds out the promise for us of real progress. Because a lot of people have just given up on any of that. Mm. And uh, maybe a... We can change, and these things can become easier. Right, right. And then maybe a fourth uh, strength of it is when it's done rightly, it's tough-minded, it's down-to-earth, And it's a practical understanding of how we can grow in grace. Very practical. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could say that as we're training, as we're working on training, making progress, uh, we want to uh, make generous allowance for divine infusions that 
cause people to make a quantum leap forward. Oh, say more. Well, just that, uh, I mean, we are training, but there are times when there is an overwhelming experience and we, we take a jump forward that is way beyond our training. And, uh, but, grace. Yeah. It's grace. Yeah. So there's both of that. There's training and there's jumps <laughs> way Supernatural beyond. Supernatural intervention. Huh? Right, right. Well, and there you have it. If you'd like to continue this month working with the holiness tradition, I encourage you to check out our articles being released this month at renovare.org. As always, thanks for listening and have a good week.